0: good morning welcome to worship the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you all our holy gospel today is from the first chapter of mark glory to you O Lord. lord and so john came baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins the whole judean countryside and all the people of jerusalem went out to him Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And John wore clothing made of camel's hair and leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn apart and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And I invite you to... Pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together this morning. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit, we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the life of the church, this is Epiphany weekend. Yesterday was the designated day of Epiphany. And from Isaiah 60 verse 1, this is one of the Verses that's often proclaimed on this particular day: Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This feast of Epiphany, we refer to it, and, and that's one of the things that we do in the context of the church. We when we have these specific days that we commemorate. We call them feast days. This feast day of Epiphany it means it's it's the aha. You know, it's the it's the it's the manifestation. All of a sudden, we we've we've come to the realization of who it is that this Jesus person is. It's, it's the it's the time of the aha. It also is the time that we conclude these twelve days of Christmas with a celebration of God's glory revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. And like that star, one of the things that one of the passages that's read during. Epiphany is the story of the, the wise men, the magi. Just like the light of the star that guided the magi to Jesus, the light of the Christ reveals who we are. The light of the Christ reveals who we are, children of God who are claimed and washed in the waters of baptism. We are sent out then, as we are children of God, we are sent out to be beacons of the light of Christ. As Martin Luther would say, we are called to be little Christs in the world, little Jesus people in the world, sharing the good news of God's love to all. Now, what I just said to you, if you were to go to the ELCA website, elca.org, you would actually see this printed. So I, was, I wasn't plagiarizing. I'm acknowledging who you just heard that from. I, I gave you a little bit further explanation of it, but... Basically that 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 little short 3 3 minute thing that I just did that comes directly from the ELC website. So if you're interested in reading about it again, you can go there. As we remember this weekend, this Epiphany weekend, when the glory of the God is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, it also doubles as the weekend in which we celebrate the baptism of Jesus. Now, we know, as people of the Lutheran faith, we are a confessional church. And we, by that, we, that means that we speak creeds. We speak state faith statements. We do it on a regular basis that uplifts the Trinitarian divine presence. And we hear and see that Trinitarian divine presence today in our gospel message with this baptism account. And it reads as thus... And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him, and the voice came from heaven, you are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. Now when you think about that, this is a Trinitarian moment. One thing that I find that's a bit frustrating for me as I oftentimes read the Gospels, more of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, not so much in John, but especially in the synoptic Gospels, one of the things that I find a little bit frustrating is is that we have a tendency to not hear the rest of the story. And one of the things that I'm a little bit... I, I would have liked to have heard what the people around John the Baptist and Jesus, what they must have been feeling, what they must have been experiencing as they were witnessing all of this taking place. I mean, to me, that would have been fascinating to hear what they had to say. You know, and in many respects, that leaves a lot for us to speculate about. And it also leaves a lot that we cannot simply explain, other than to simply say and to believe in the mystery of the working of the divine love of God being revealed to us in all of these wonderful, magnificent ways. Things that we can't even fully understand or explain. Rev. Kent Knutson, I quoted him last week, former, former ALC bishop back in the early, late 1960s and early 1970s, he says that the gospel, this story of God's revelation to us in Jesus, this gospel cannot be defined only in terms of historical events, confessional ideas, or ethical norms, or mystical experiences. And he says it's also equally clear that it belongs to both the past and the present, and thus by its nature, this gospel involves us in the question of the constant and the changing. Now, I know that's a lot to absorb, and maybe some of it just went straight over your heads, but when I read that, what I, what I really think I hear him saying is that this gospel story that you and I have opportunity to be witness to, it is living, it is breathing. It is a living gospel because you and I are a part of that living gospel story. It is con- it, it's ongoing, it has a whole lot to do with what happened in the past, but it also has a whole lot to do with what's happening right now in the lives of people who are people of faith. And that means that it is also, then, ever-changing. And you and I, you and I, we have the privilege. It's more than privilege. You and I have the blessing. You and I have the sheer gift of grace from God to live into this constant gospel, yet ever-evolving gospel story. And it's still changing, and it's, it's still Evolving, because you and I are that living, breathing gospel. I've been giving a lot of thought this week to the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. In our Genesis creation passage before us today, we are reminded that in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the void, what was there? The wind of God. Now, the specific Hebrew word there is Ruach. You even have to work at it to say it. Ruach. It's almost like it's come straight out of your lungs almost. You know, you have to have a lot of air in your lungs just to say the word. The ruach of God was there. The Spirit of God was upon the deep. Which is again another way of it's another way of affirming this Trinitarian divine presence. The Spirit of God has been with us since the very beginning. The Gospel of John states that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, the Word is what? The Word is who? Jesus. The Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word was in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Now, I take all of that together... We see this creative order coming into being through the working of this Trinitarian divine presence of God and Jesus, the Word, and the Ruach, the Spirit of God. All three were present at the very beginning of it all. And again, I don't know about you, but I I, I find that sort of mind boggling. Uh, and yet, not only is it mind boggling, it's something that's a little bit hard for us to comprehend and to understand. And yet at the same time, there's this awesome wonder of it all. There's this awesome wonder of it all to think and to believe and to come to know that it is the same Spirit that is with us right now. It's the same Spirit that is with us now today who is upon the face of the earth in the midst of the chaos and the, the darkness in the midst of the void. It's the same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus in his baptism it's the same Holy Spirit that Jesus promised would come to the disciples and to us as the advocate and the counselor. It says specifically in John 14, verse 16, the counselor will be there and will be with you forever. The Spirit of truth will be with you forever. And in verse 15 of chapter 16 of John, it says it is the same Spirit that jesus said would take what is his and make it known to us the same spirit that guided and directed and made it possible for jesus to give witness in his life and make salvation known to us is also what is being made known to us now in our men's fellowship this past tuesday we talked about the fact that especially within Lutheran Christian ex- within the Lutheran Christian experience, there is not a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit. For many who were there, their faith journey and their story was mostly influenced by the gospel message of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. We are creedal people, God, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet the place where we spend most of our time and most of our emphasis as Lutheran Christians is on the second article of the Creed. We talk a lot about Jesus. We talk about a lot of what Jesus did. But we don't spend a whole lot of time giving credit to the working of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're a little bit afraid of talking Holy Spirit language. You know? I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, I knew where the Assembly of God Church was. I would never dare step foot into an Assembly of God Church. You know? Because I know what they do there. And I would feel tremendously out of place because they speak a different language in the Assembly of God Church. Well, or so that's what I thought, you know. But for many who were in the men's fellowship this past Tuesday, their main, their main part of growing up in the faith had a whole lot to do with God and Jesus. And God played a pretty prominent role in all of that as well, but the Holy Spirit, not so much. And there were even a few people, there was even a few men in our, our men's fellowship group who admitted that the Holy Spirit had absolutely no prominence in their faith experience or expression. And that being said, I wanna honor that, but I also wanna take a moment now today and I want to, us as Lutheran Christians, I want us to maybe get a little bit out of our comfort zone. And I wanna encourage you to take some time this week. I want you to take some time this week and to be open to the spirit and to reflect upon the ways in which the spirit, the ruach, The Spirit of God has been and continues to be moving and ever-evolving in your faith life. When I reflect back on my own life, I can see all... I, I, I probably didn't recognize it. I probably didn't acknowledge it at the time. But as I now take opportunity to reflect back on my life, I can see all kinds of times and circumstances where the Spirit of God was moving and flowing through my faith journey. And it was especially through the people who impacted my life. That's how I predominantly have experienced the Holy Spirit working in my life, is through the people that impacted my life and my faith, my journey of faith. I think about Emery Johnson. The Spirit of God brought Emery Johnson into my life at at a significant critical juncture in my life and because of his coming into my life because the spirit of god brought him into my life it was a life-altering life-changing time for me i believe that it was the holy spirit who led me to venture out to a local bible camp just down the road about 20 miles from where i lived never ever had set foot on that bible camp before even as a youth because i did went to a different bible camp as a youth But this was a camp that was foreign to me, and yet it was only 20 miles away from my home. And yet the Holy Spirit somehow led me to venture out to that local Bible camp where I had a conversation with the then camp director by the name of Dick Iverson who saw something and took a risk on me and said, hey, you want to come and work for me this summer at camp? And I said, yes. It was a venture that changed the course of my life and my sense of call. And I was a camp director for 22 years because I had an outdoor ministry experience as a young adult. The Spirit of God led me to experience ministry in the inner city when I was in seminary, opening my eyes as I entered into this inner city congregational setting, a place that was totally foreign to me. You know, a country boy from Webster, South Dakota, where I didn't have the slightest idea who the nearest African-American person was. I didn't even know what an Asian-American was or who, the, I mean, I, I, I could see him on TV and stuff, but I'd never been around Asian-Americans or African-Americans. The only, the only person of some other racial makeup than me was Native Americans, and yet they seem to live on the reservation most of the time, and neither shall white Caucasian people and Native Americans ever come together for anything. You know, so I came into this inner-city environment as this naive Caucasian rural country boy, and all of a sudden I was immersed into this, this culture of diversity, of people of every walk of race, color and creed. It was the most diverse world I had ever lived in in the inner city of Seattle. And yet because of that experience, it opened my heart. It opened my heart. It opened my mind to being more inclusive, to being compassionate and empathetic in my faith expression. I had an intern supervisor by the name of Pastor Nyer Ernest, perhaps one of the most wise persons I've ever met in my life. Wise and street smart, because he spent a lot of time on the streets of Seattle. And I believe it was the leading of the wind of God, the Spirit of God that led me back to my friend Dick Iverson, who gave me a phone call one day and said, you know, I think you should consider being a camp director at this lowly little Bible camp out in northwest Wisconsin. It's a place called Luther Point. Maybe you might want to consider being a camp director and putting your name in the hat. And so I did. Three months later, I was the director of that Bible camp. For 22 years, it was a ministry that blessed me and my family immensely. I believe that it was the Holy Spirit that made it possible for me and Judy Day to have the opportunity to meet. This was back in the mid-1990s when Judy was on the National Outdoor Ministries Advisory Council. And we gathered together every year for a national gathering. And because she was on the Advisory Council, she was there. And we met, and we struck up a friendship. And I think it's because of this friendship in this relationship that I've known Judy all of these years, that was, to me that was a key connecting point that made it possible for this call to come to fruition here at Mount Olive Lutheran Church. Never had I ever imagined that I would be a pastor of Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Lake Havasu City, Arizona. And yet I believe it's because of the spirit of God working in the lives of Judy Day and having established a relationship with me in those outdoor ministry years, that was a connecting point. I want to encourage you to take some time this week, not for my sake, but for your own sake, to see and to sense and to relive all the ways in which that ever-changing gospel story has played out in your faith journey through the guidance and through the inspiration and the working of the Spirit in your lives. You know, there's one other one I need to share, and that's my wife, Kim. I, 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 I can only say it was the working of the Holy Spirit that made it possible for Kim and I to, to come and to have the opportunity to meet. It was, it was a miracle in and of itself, and it was the guiding of the Holy Spirit that brought Kim and I together. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's just one of those phenomenal stories. And I think if you as you take those times to think about and to relive all the ways in which the spirit has been a part of your guidance and your inspiration in, in your life. just as I have shared with you, one of the things that 's going to make possible is it's going to make it possible for you. It is going to strengthen your own witness in your own telling of the divine presence in your life. and I believe that it will help you be, or become a more confident witness. It is the same spirit. It is the same spirit that hovered over the chaos, the void. And the deep. It is the same spirit that came upon Jesus in his baptism. It is the same spirit that came upon the disciples that Paul baptized at Ephesus. It's the same Spirit that Jesus promised the disciples. It's the same Spirit that has come upon us. And it has and it continues to affirm you through your baptismal covenant that you are one of God's beloved children. And because of that, every single day is new, every single day is a new creation. Put yesterday behind you. Today is new. It is a new creation day. A day to live into your baptismal covenant, as I so often remind you, sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. And to be open to the leading, guiding, and the direction of the Holy Spirit and to know that you are sent out, as the words from the ELCA website, you are sent out to be beacons of the light of Christ, sharing the good news of God's love to all people Amen peace to the Lord be with you always please pray with me now the prayer the Lord has taught us to pray our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. The worship has ended. Let your service begin. Alleluia. Go in peace and tell what God has done. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah.